Next up on Visual Wow. When we are creating something, you are putting something out in the world that you love and that enriches someone's life, enriches your life, and does good. Everything is like, who's reading this and how can I help them? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Visual Wow. The podcast for people passionate about live events. We're obsessed with creating and capturing those wow moments. This is the place the top pros come to share their secrets. Now, here's your host, Jack Hartsman. Welcome back, Visual Community. I'm your host, Jack Hartsman, and I am here today with Lisa Gardner. She is an author. She is an editor. She is a marketing and brand strategist with damn good ideas. A very old and dear friend of mine, Lisa Gardner. Welcome to the show. Hey, Jack. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to reconnect. I really... Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I keep running <laughs> into you on, on uh, LinkedIn and on Facebook, and I see that you are doing some of the same things that Monica and I are doing. Uh, yeah. I caught your interview with David Merrill, and I said, enough. I need to reach out and get you on the show. A former editor of Special Event Magazine for what, I think almost a dozen years, maybe a little bit longer? Yep, a little bit longer, about 13 years. And yes. now you are brand strategist and social media guru, queen of the stars. Something like that, yes, from what uh, I've been told. <laughs> um, you have, uh, you, are, you are a well-educated, experienced person in the events community, but you're not just, quote, an events person. You have a whole publishing or marketing world. Tell the listening audience a little bit about what you really do and how you present yourself to the public. Sure. Um, well, one of the things that um, we we kind of actually talked about was uh, my, I guess, my beginning as um, in communications and in journalism, and then as the editor of a magazine called Special Events Magazine was really my foundation for so many things that have gone have gone on to incorporate or do. And so the editor job was one that I loved because you're putting together people's stories in a format that goes on to into you know print, but really you're trying to help to promote those people. You're you're really showing them in the best light. You're not going to do at least for a trade magazine like Special Events Magazine. We never put anything in a bad light for anybody. We always wanted to show the best. We wanted to um, give ideas and help people with takeaways that they could put into their business. These are all things that I'm still doing today as um, you know a marketing professional. So, and then when we did the um, trade show and the conference and I took over becoming the director of education, that also was marketing in another type of format rather than print or two-dimensional. Now we're working in three dimensions and trying to figure out how best to market that to the same um, audience and to grow the audience out by bringing other people in from other disciplines. Um, we actually hired Marianne Williamson way back in the day um, for San Francisco. So that was a lot of fun. So it was really fun to be able to broaden my, uh, I guess, just my education of, of how to put together these conferences and how to market them in a way that made it interesting to people to come to it, that also would be something that they would take away something and that would enrich their lives. So I suppose everything that I do is, will it enrich someone's life? Will it Will it make a difference? You know, even when you write an article, you're like, why am I writing this article? What is it about? Who is it about? And who's going to read it? And what are they going to take away from it? 
And so I guess that's how I approach everything now, even if I'm doing social media for a client or for myself. Everything is like, who's reading this and how can I help them? Well, everything that you just said is kind of the fulcrum of why Monica and I started the Visual Wow podcast. Mm. Um, you probably remember Visual Wow from the 90s or early 2000s as the vehicle yes. that we used to deliver photographs to our end user clients. Um, where we are today is continuing to spin a positive message, especially kind of in the gloom and doomy kind of world right. that we're living in right now, where everything on the news media seems to either be questioned by two different angles or just something you can't really sink your teeth into. And if you could, it's not usually got a, a, a very good message attached to it. Right. So we've tried to find a way to not just bring in the right guests. And by the way, thank you so much for, for giving us the time because, again, we're all about positive messages for all of our listeners, but especially those in the events community that have been hit so hard by the global pandemic. Um, I think uh, I'm sure you would agree that we were probably the first industry to get hit the hardest mm -hmm. and we'll probably be the last industry mm -hmm. to recover from all of this. Always. Um, yes. But you took that information and that, that whole foundation that you had at Special Events Magazine, you also spun it into a book. And, uh, and tell me about your, your, your background as an author. Well, it wasn't necessarily as an author, as I guess it was more um, doing just the same thing that I did for the magazine, but putting it into a book format called The Art of Event Design. And we took about um, 12 different, I think it was like 12 or somewhere around their chapters. And each chapter was a different type of theme. This was back when theme parties were still really big. And so all of those people that we worked with were all put into this book and we all kind of worked together to collaborate. I don't even think, I don't even know if it's still available on Amazon, but what I, what I found about that doing that book was how to put together something again in a different format for a different you know, magazine is one thing because it comes out monthly. A book comes out once. And so you have to then write it for a longer life, shelf life. So that's kind of what I learned from that. And then I have um, over the years been writing still, like I write a lot. <laughs> I mean, I think that's people not a bad think. Thing. Huh? I know. No, That's I think that people thing. think that marketing or, you know, business strategy or brand strategy is, I don't know, waving a wand or something, but literally it's sitting down and writing blogs or writing, um, um, just writing, I guess, uh, awards, things we used to do that, um, ceremony, uh, bios, like you say, um, different things. I just write, I just write all the time. And so because of that, I have put together um, a writer's mark, a writer's workshop. Now, I guess um, the one thing that I did too was at the beginning of the quarantine, um, I did, let's see, how, does, how did I put it? 30 days. I did a newsletter a day for 30 days or until the quarantine was over. I thought it would be over in 15 days. <laughs> Little, <laughs> right? Like we all did. We're like, oh, I'll just do this for 15 days and it'll be done. No. So I went 30 days and that was a really interesting learning experience. And I have a completely new found um, respect for daily newspaper writers or daily writers or anyone doing anything daily. That was really, um, I did do a big whiteboard with all of my ideas for 30 days on it. And it kind of changed around as it got going. But that was a, that I made sure that I always made sure that I, there was a deadline and that I made that deadline and that 
even if people were like, was anyone listening? And this is what everyone asks me about social media and about marketing too. They will listen if you care about what you do, I think. You you care and then they will, they, they, they'll join up. It was sort of, sort of like Forrest Gump when he ran across the country, <laughs> right? Like he's just running. He doesn't yeah. know why he's Let's running, but he's why loving he's, it. Exactly. And they just keep joining him um, because he cares about it. And they're like, well, he cares about that. It must be something we should do. Um, so anyway, then I put the little quarantine diaries into a, um, a little booklet um, that is on my website if people want to get it for free. It's there. At the, um, and so from there, I put down a lot of ideas of how people tips and things for writing. And that's when my writing workshop began. And I've been doing that now, um, gosh, for about four months, five, four or five months. And it's, it's a joyful, inspirational time that we don't talk about work or COVID or events. And there are a lot of people in the event industry in it. And we explore our creative side. And I do believe creativity is the crux of our self-improvement and our self-empowerment. When we are creating something, it's hard to be depressed because you are putting something out in the world that you love and that, again, enriches someone's life, enriches your life, and does good. As far as the creative goes and keeping the walking on the sunny side of the street and making sure that that light at the end of the tunnel is not an oncoming train, uh, I absolutely (laughs) agree with you. I think that uh, that's a great analogy. Mm-hmm. I think that the uh, the creative side of all of us uh, is 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 what keeps us motivated. It's what keeps us moving forward. Um, it's probably the to, best part. I think it's the best part of us, right? They're creative. And, and for creatives, again, kind of going back to why Monica and I started this podcast in the first place, we were hearing some pretty dark and depressing and tragic stories of people in our community, in our events community especially, who were contemplating not making it through the pandemic. They could not see past the end of this. And I don't want to give a, I don't want to give a shameless plug to CBS, but last night, um, Monica and I watched the first episode of the TV show bull. I'm not a huge fan. Uh, she and Deanna watch it all the time, but I happened to watch the first episode and it was a really earth shattering experience uh, as a, as a business owner where the main character, uh, Michael Weatherly, he, he, it, they're a bunch of lawyers and they start from the day that the world shut down and it kind of goes through till October. And wow. it's all the trials and tribulations that a, um, a very focused guy who has a particular way of doing his particular legal craft finds out that in the COVID world, he just can't do his craft anymore. And in the middle of it, he's trying to pay mortgage. He's trying to pay rent. He's trying to pay his employees. Oh, and by the way, he had a baby at the beginning of March and and everything kind of, you know, kind of rolls downhill and and he makes it through until October and gets a jump start at at seeing that we can get through this. Mm -hmm. We've all been holding our breath. We all thought this was going to last three or four weeks. And, and here we are nine months later. And it's going to be really tough, especially for creatives, getting through the holiday season without the monstrous amount of holiday parties that we're all used to either partaking, help plan, uh, just attending. It's going to be difficult, but uh, it, it, it seems like just the thought of, 
a vaccine on the horizon, even though it's not going to be a miracle cure overnight. It just gives us something to hold, you know, sink our teeth into that is a positive uh, piece of information that that the end is somewhere in the future. I don't even Come want more. to say in, but on the, on another piece of very positive information, I just checked with Amazon and they still have your book. So <laughs> the art of event design is still available design. Oh, on, on event brilliant. design. And, I have uh, to say a big thank you to Tim and Denise Novoselsky for even, even letting Susan and I do that book. I mean, it was a big undertaking on their part back then. And, um, they had faith in us that it wouldn't be something worthwhile. And I, I do believe it It was. You know, everything has its lifespan, I suppose. <laughs> so let's talk about the word marketing. Um, mm-hmm. It is not the warm and fuzziest word, word in the mm-hmm. whole wide world. Um, but people come to people like you and they say, hey, I've got a widget. Sometimes the widget is literally a widget. And sometimes the widget is the person. And they say to you, hey, I need help marketing my widget. What is, you know, you're a brand strategist, you're really into social media and SEO marketing and and pulling those different components together for a client. How do you, uh, you know, what's the elevator pitch when someone says to you, help me market this, or I need help getting my my product service or idea to to the marketplace? Right. Well, again, um, I guess my, my, my elevator pitch is that there are many, many avenues that to get that out there, but we need to find out where the audience is for that um, widget and what the need is for it and what your passion is behind getting it out. Cause that's also, I think they all go into the mix um, because if, are you just doing it to make money? That's a completely different reason for doing something because I'm so passionate about this project. I must get it. I must get it out there. I can't, not get it out there. Um, so to me, those are, I would say there's not like an elevator speech. There'd be a lot more, there'd be a list of questions I would have to ask these people about what their ultimate goal is for uh, their, because um, ultimately I think, you know, you have an idea and you want to get out to the marketplace. I think it's, you've got a dream. I mean, I know that some widgets like a bobby pin or a paper clip might not be a dream for somebody. But um, for the most part, if they're coming to someone like me, they are looking for to get their dream out there. And so how can we get your story out there? And that's and that and what avenues will make sense. And then I go and dig deeper. And that's where the brand therapy comes in, because I believe that um, brands are people. And that sounds really weird, but um, brands are people because it's a person that's created it. So it comes into the marketplace with all of the foibles, all of the greatness, um, you know, all of the insecurities and things like that, that we have as people. So we just kind of need to dig down and go like, well, does your brand, what's happening with your brand? Where has it gone? Where, what are the directions it needs to go to? Where do you want to be one year, five year, 10 years, always one of my best things to talk to people about, because that really, really starts to, um, focus them on, well, yes, this is not just something I'm going to do in one year. And in fact, in China, they uh, they want 100 years out. They look at products and businesses coming out as 100 years of, um, let's, let's look at this, it's going to be in the marketplace for 100 years. How does it look? What happens to it? Um, that actually then will inform everything they do at one year, five year, and 10 years. So if we looked at things like that, we probably wouldn't make some of the decisions that we make now based on like maybe, you know, a team member that comes in and has a 
wacky idea and you're just going to try it out. But then that wacky idea is still there 10 years from now. And you're like, why are we doing this this way? So again, it's me helping them to look at things that, why are you still doing this this way? And can we do it differently? And, um, and can we do it better? And then also, does it still function for you too? So it's a lot of, it is like therapy. It's therapy. <laughs> no, it's very much therapy. And yeah. um, I, I know we touched on this when we were having our pre-conversation that, um, I happen to think it happens to be extensively more prevalent when it's a creative person. You know, we look in the mirror sometimes, we see ourselves and all the great that we think we are, but the world may not see us that way. And I'm not talking about a physical aspect. I'm talking right. about the way we think we're getting our message across isn't mm -hmm. actually what's getting across. So, when when a client comes to you, how do you help I hate the word pivot, but how do you get somebody to pivot or move from the aspect that they think their direction should be? You know how the client comes to you for your advice and then you give them your advice and they don't like what they hear. How do you, how do you help people see the light? Because, you know, marketing 101, if, if to continue to use the sales and marketing term, <laughs> says that we always market all of the time. And in the best of times, you keep on doing it. But in the worst of times, you don't change how you do it. You, you change how you do it. You don't change why you do it. You're right. doing it to keep your message out there. So to come back to my question, how do you help people see something different when they look in the mirror? How do you handle the objection to, you know, Mr. X comes to you and says, I need to change this. And you say, well, do it this way. And they say, well, I don't like it that way. How do you help them see the light? Well, I'm happy to say that no one has ever told me they don't like <laughs> the way that I've reframed them. Um, however, I will I will say I've had clients for years and I've probably talked until I'm blue in the face about things that they could be doing that they 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 resist doing. And I think what you might be talking about in a way is kind of our ego, right? So we um Oh, no, no, no. Not kind of talking about it. It's it literally, exactly, you are talking exactly about exactly what right. I'm talking about. You are hitting the nail on the head. It is our ego. But the um, but it's funny because the ego works both ways, right? So the ego works like you can be very, um, you can be blustering, you can be full of yourself and very big, 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 you know, and, and that's how you walk through life. Or you can be like, you're amazingly creative and talented, but you, your ego doesn't think you are. So you know, which one, which person is going to succeed? Probably the one that has the big ego, but not maybe as much as the talent. So what I try to do, this is where the brand therapy comes in, is um, bolster the talent, you know, look and see, show them what their talent is and show them that the one thing that I tell people, um, I don't know if this is a good story to tell or not, or if it will make sense. Um, I have a friend who is, a writer and she has a book out and I said to her, I go, you know, you are a brand, right? You're, you're, you are your brand. People want to read your book. It's a memoir. People want to read your book and know what you are, um, what you do and who you are and what's happening in your life. Now they want, they want to, people want something to kind of follow, you know, especially when they're reading a book and they're, they're buying into your story. But she said, Oh no, I keep it all private. And I go, but you wrote a memoir. <laughs> Why would you keep your brand? You are your brand. Why would you keep that 
quiet. And I go, and then you wrote something else and now you want to promote that, but though you don't have an audience for it yet because you kind of squandered that audience because you weren't talking to those people. So, you know, it's, it's very hard to, to believe, to let people believe that people do want to hear from them. And I think that was when social media started coming out, that was like everyone's biggest qualm about it, right? Like, oh, I don't want to hear what that person's having for lunch, you know, but now you really do. Like I watch Chrissy Teigen. I want to know what that woman is eating for lunch, even if it's hot dogs for her kids, you know, she's got a great story and a great life. And we want aspirational. um, We want to be, we want something to aspire to, I guess. So that's kind of what I try to tell people is where is that part in you? Where is that thing that you can put out there in the world? Um, my photographer friend who will do a sunset every night. He goes out into the beach and takes a sunset and he puts it on his Instagram and he's gotten so many clients from his, from his sunsets. So I'm like, let's do a book of sunsets for this Christmas for your, um, for your clients. And so we're, we're putting a book together of, of that. Um, and that's okay. Cause he doesn't have to stay in one lane as a photographer. He doesn't have to be just an architectural photographer that takes pictures of buildings because a sunset is just as amazing and inspiring as a building. So I guess I always just try to show them, you know, your greatness is already there. And I think this is where uh, my background comes into play. When I had to go in and do stories on people's businesses, like maybe, you know, every time, every um, January at special events, we did tints, right? Tinting, because... I don't know. That was when the advertising editorial <laughs> calendar was set up, right? So I had to write about tents every January. Oh my God. So like about the 8th January, I'm like, wow, I got to think of a new way to do tenting, you know? So I would go into these guys' companies and I would just look around and I'd be like, I now I know tenting. I understand it. And then I would go like, oh, that, what you're doing right there is really interesting. And I go like, really? We do that just every day. How could that be interesting? I'm like, no, trust me, that's really interesting. So kind of what we're saying, when you look into yourself in the mirror and you can't see what people are seeing. And so I guess that's where my storytelling or my job as an editor, having to be able to tell any, any really journalist will have to, have to tell the story, you know, and see it fast to go like, oh, there's the story. There's my lead. That's what that person's all about. And this is what people will be interested in reading about. So I guess that's, that's, a, that's the longest well, answer in the no, world, but, but, but it comes full you, circle. Let me give you a pat on the back. You may not remember this, but you had a huge impact on Monica and I in our, in our early part of our career, you and Special Event Magazine. I can certainly point fingers at the people who help mold my personal career as a photographer here in, in the D.C. area. Um, people like Bill Homan from from Design Cuisine and Angelo Bonita and in the flower department and people like Rita Bloom in the party planning department. Oh gosh, all yeah. good names. Yeah, good names. great great names yeah. and great people that I'm still in touch with. But but I remember uh, at one of the big conferences, it was probably Orlando or something like that. But I remember Monica and I being a part of a of a in depth conference call with you um, from special event with your vision. We were the photographers for the convention, and you had a vision for what you wanted the cover to look for, look like. You, we went over the, the the schedule of events because you were also helping plan the 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 uh, the gala and the different components of the conference. And I remember you giving giving us a vision of what the cover was going to look like and what the interior mm-hmm. leads were going to look like. And then we shot the event and and we all know that you don't sleep much at those conferences. And so you go through four or five days of not sleeping. And then I think several weeks later, we came out to Malibu 
And we actually sat with you guys to look at the finished product and to see if we actually, you know, had the right components and created the right finished product. And I look back at that as one of the most, um, if you will, connected large projects that we had done at the time. And I give you kudos for that because so many publishers and editors of magazines, they don't connect the dots. And I mean this down to today. I, I have several magazines that I work with on the regular that in, in today's world, there's not necessarily an art director, but there's a salesperson who goes out and sells a project or it's an editorial layout. And they give you a project to go shoot. They barely tell the, 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 the subject that the photographer is coming. We go out there and we shoot something. Oh, then they send a writer out to write the story. And then they come back and they complain to us a week later that the pictures we took doesn't match the story right. that they wrote. Right. And I think back to those days back in the, in the 90s and the early 2000s. I remember those days where if there was one thing about working with you and your team, it was the fact that we knew going in you wanted a pepperoni pizza and you told us here's all the components of that pepperoni pizza to get there. <laughs> and then let's look at how good the pizza came out on the other end. And, and that takes a lot of insight. That takes a lot more than just a journalism background that takes really great leadership and you and your team really had it together. And, and I, I just Thank wanted you. to let you know all great. these years later that, that I don't forget about things like that. I, I really don't. And Monica doesn't. And this is kind of the whole it brings us back to the creativity and the years that we have all put into this industry and why uh, I'm going to parlay this to what you are doing now on Facebook, which is kind of how I reconnected with you, is conversations with creatives. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? The Visual Wild podcast is conversations with creatives. That's what I we know. Doing. Right, exactly. Um, and thing. then I saw that you, I, I, I've been watching, you know, little snippets here, people that I didn't really know, some very eclectic people that you've been interviewing. And then I mm -hmm. saw David Merrill. And where does David Merrill come from? He comes from from our old stomping grounds in the special events community. So I think um, your new project that you're doing, I believe you're doing Facebook Live and YouTube Live, um, conversations with creatives. What is that all about? What is your goal and your vision for that? And how's it being received by the listening audience? Well, I think it's been wonderful. Um, so like I would say that, right? Why I started it, I don't even know why I started it. What got into me to like get onto it? <laughs> Like, what was I, what was I thinking? Um, uh, what I wanted to do was, oh, I, well, I know why I start all of those kind of things is I don't feel like there's a lot of stories that are really great being told out there. I look at some of these magazines and I look at some of the stuff and I'm like, I, I, I guess it's the old editor to me. I go, I could tell that story better or I want to tell that story or I want to know more about that story or that person. So that's kind of what it started. And then actually I had seen Veronica Puleo from The Replicas, who has also been working her tush off out there doing the most amazing things with video. And so um, she and I started talking and she was doing StreamYard. And I love it. She does it every morning with Percy um, Salas, another event planner. And um, on every Saturday morning at nine o'clock, they have a conversation. I'm like, what is this thing you're doing with the duels? It looks so much better than a Zoom call or than anything else. She was out at StreamYard. So I said, well, I'm going to try it. So um, I... Uh, started, I think David Merrill was the first one I did, and um, that I wanted to have positive, again, with my whole thing about creativity, it's your, it's your point of where you, um, your self-improvement, you feel better about yourself, we're having conversations that's about creativity, and that's, that brings joy, creativity equals joy to me, um, 
And so I thought I'm going to get on there and talk to these people and see, and see what, (laughs) see where it goes. So it's gone pretty well. Um, I promoted like only a couple days before, because as you know, like now promotions are like anything long-term is like, it feels like people just forget about it. So I just start a couple days before and, um, and we line up like a PowerPoint with all of their photos. I am going to do a writer next week. So it'll probably be shorter and with no photos. So we'll see how that goes. But I think um, my writers workshops, I've been interviewing writers and they're brilliant and amazing. So I don't think we need necessarily the visual element as well. Maybe that's what you're getting at with your podcasting. I get it. I totally do. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I just, I think that, um, I think that, we all need something to sink our teeth into. As I mentioned to you earlier, I don't want to interview people here on Visual Wow. I want to have a conversation with people right. that I know, love, trust, and care about that 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 kind of come from the same shell that that Monica and I do. That understand that that creativity, like you know, again, not to be redundant, but creativity keeps us moving forward. And um, I'm an answer guy. I'm not a question guy. I find answers and solutions for people. Right. And right now, uh, and by the way, most creative people, we find answers. Solu- we find yes, creative ways to get to a, a finish line, right? Yes. And right now, our world is creatively upside down. Looking for solutions, really. Every yeah. bit of our creative so, souls are looking for solutions right now. Right. So let's not make this a political conversation, but let's talk about what politics are doing to us all. Whether you lean left or whether you lean right, you believe the way you lean is the right way to lean. And so we all went through the lunacy of the election season and we're like, oh my God, when is this going to be over? Mm-hmm. And then, well, it didn't really go over. And guess what? It's, <laughs> it's still not, not going over. But no. but wait a minute. But I'm being really objective about this because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter whether you feel like the Republican way is the right way or the Democratic way is. Whatever it is, you're just as numb to this as everybody else is. And you're like, well, the other side is horrible. And the other side is horrible. And then there's really no middle anymore. It's really right. hard to be in the center. And I think even of recent, because by the time this podcast airs, it'll be another week has gone by. And uh, so we're now in the beginning of December and it'll probably be like, uh, you know, the 10th or the 14th by the time this airs. And we just got the indication that the vaccine for the virus has, has been approved in the UK. And then maybe it'll be approved in the US next week. Well, that's not a miracle cure, but it does give us something that's solid to say, oh, at least we're at the beginning of what could be the end. And whether the end takes three months or six months or a year and a half, at least there's something tangible. So at least from the creative chair that I'm sitting in, we have something to grab a hold of that we can start building on as, again, being the kind of people that solve problems with creative thinking and creative ideas. Right. That's totally makes sense. Um, Because once we have something, I mean, it is hard to drift along as it has been with no, you know, end in sight. Like I said, my quarantine diaries, I thought that would be 15 days and it turned out to be 30. And I was like, there was a point when I wanted to stop. And you know what I did? I just put it out there to people. I said, today, this is one, a hard one for me to write. Um, 
I feel like I just want to stop. I hit a wall and, um, but I kept going and I found a quote that, you know, brought me through and I shared it. That was my most popular, my most popular newsletter during the whole thing. People, I got, I got like presents from people, <laughs> things like that for that. Like, like people, sometimes we have to show our vulnerability um, and be human. And I think that this, I think, God knows we did not want this to happen, but I think some really good things have come out of this in terms of how we see our lives and what we see the meaning in our lives. And, and the fact that there's now a vaccine or at least an end or a solution, I'm hoping that then we can all then now start to formulate some sort of, um, we need to start visualizing how it will look to us. What will our lives now look like? You know, will we now spend more time with our families? Will we, you know, will we have a different kind of way of like not being so hyper uh, freaked out of, over the smallest little detail if there's like 12 roses in there or there's 13 roses in that centerpiece, you know? Will we now just look at our, the man that we're marrying and love him to death, you know, kind of thing. So I think that it's really, really brought us to our kind of our proverbial knees of what we were before and now what we're going to be, so... Uh, and and it, I, I, I completely agree. And, and one of our uh, guests just a few weeks ago kind of used the metaphor that a, a uh, kind of live event meteor hit our planet nine months <laughs> ago. And mm-hmm. once the meteor hits, <laughs> it leaves a big hole. Yeah. And it leaves some right. ripples on the edges of the hole. And when it's done and point. when it hits – we just kind of have to deal with it. You right. can't exactly go back and say, well, let's push the meteor back. Into you can't space. ignore it. You can't be yeah. like, no. <laughs> it's, <laughs> right. it's there. We have a changed world now. I agree with everything you just said about family and about business. I mean, for the first couple of months of COVID, I was going crazy because I wasn't working. And I'm just used to being yeah. busy. Yeah. And the podcast yeah. really helped me get my schedule back together again to actually have something to do on a regular basis. Right. Now... Um, that, you know, even though the government keeps changing how many people can be in an event or can't be an event, but we have something to do and we have a purpose. But if mm-hmm. COVID were to go away tomorrow, mm-hmm. I got to tell you, I don't want to go back to being the maniac that was working 150 hours a week like I was doing a year ago. Mm-hmm. But somewhere in there, there's the balance. I'd like to tie that into, uh, oddly enough, you and your social channels because you posted something on your Facebook page back in October of a French artist named Vincent Leroy. And I got to tell you, when I look at those pictures that he took of bubbles in Bryce Canyon, I get such a warm feeling about a great artist, a great photographer who took things that don't belong together and put them together. And I, I'm going to give a shout out. And if anybody knows the person that I'm giving a shout out to right now, Please tell her how much she affected my life. I'm going to give a shout out to a woman named Bonnie Collier. Bonnie Collier was my 10th grade photography teacher in high school. (laughs) Great. Okay. Right. This woman had so much confidence in me that she entered one of my high school photographs in 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 a photo contest that I won. I didn't even enter the picture. But long after I graduated high school, I used to go back and teach her class as a successful photographer that came out of her high school photo class. But she used to take eggs, a common white 
egg and put them in the most bizarre places <laughs> I love that. and use lenses to make them look different. And when I look at these pictures that Vincent took and putting these bubbles in Bryce Canyon, right. I am so inspired by the creativity and the thinking out of the box to put those two things together. I urge people to go on Facebook, look up Lisa. It's L-I-E-S-E dot Gardner, G-A-R-D-N-E-R, facebook.com slash Lisa dot Gardner. And I, I urge you to look at her October 14th posting of <laughs> this incredible uh, pictures from Surface Magazine. Uh, really, really inspirational mm -hmm. um, creativity. Also, you can find Lisa Gardner on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and at lisagardner.com. I meet everywhere. She right. is very, <laughs> don't say Marilyn Monroe. You're not going to find her if you look for Marilyn Monroe. But if you look for Lisa Gardner, you're going to find her. She is a super dynamic lady, uh, full of incredible creativity. And as it says on her LinkedIn page, and damn good ideas too. I do have that. Yes, I do. Lisa, yes. I, I have so thoroughly enjoyed reconnecting with you. Thank you for having me on this show. It's wonderful. This was super duper fun. Mm -hmm. um, it, is, it is really interesting after all these years to pick up with you and see that we are still firing on so many cylinders together, um, left coast and right coast, uh, on, on such a similar concept. I, well, we never had time to actually talk. We were running from like six in the morning till uh, what? Midnight that? every single day. No, <laughs> there's no time for deep discussion during the uh, special event. I, I completely <laughs> agree. It, it, again, I happen, I happen to think that's one of the things that COVID has done. It has really made yeah. people take time out to reconnect. Right. Many of our podcast interviews have taken place. Um, on our on our patio here at our house, and um, it's nice. not quite warm enough to do that anymore. Right, but right. Just you know, Monica and I are very far from having. We have we have not even come close to running out of old friends to bring on the show, which we thought was going to happen many many months ago already. No. Um, I can't thank the listening audience enough. We have uh, uh, surpassed the four thousand download mark. We're well into our. I think 40, 40 or 45th episode at this point. And, uh, and the love from the, from the audience has been fantastic. Again, if you like what you've been hearing on the show, uh, send us some love on, uh, on Instagram or on Facebook. You can always send me a direct message to jack at visualwild.com. Lisa, I miss you terribly. It's been yeah. super fun uh, reconnecting. Thank and thank you so, so much for being a part of the show. Thank you. I cannot wait until we all can get back together again in person and celebrate our creativity. <laughs> but thank you so much for having me on the show. I am very honored, really, truly. Well, uh, it, it was great. And I'm going to really continue to enjoy listening to somebody else have conversations with creatives on your Facebook page and on YouTube Live. I'm your host, Jack Hartsman, and we really appreciate you tuning in. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Visual Wow. If you like what you heard, like us on Facebook, Twitter, and tell your friends. Go to visualwow.com for more info. If you didn't like what you heard, just keep it to yourself. Know a pro we should be talking to on the show? Drop us a line. Talk with you next time on Visual Wow.